we have before we come to the Word, just to, just to prepare our hearts. Because God has something for each of us. His Word is living and active, and the Spirit of God is on the move. And so would you just take a moment and say, Lord, what do you have for me today? I want to see you, and I want to be changed. that is our prayer. We want to see you. We want to be changed. Illuminate the word for us. In Jesus' name, amen. You have a seat. All right, so there's this game, and it's called Two Truths, or, two, two, two Truths and a Lie. Have you ever heard of this game before? And you know, we're not supposed to lie in church, but this is all in good fun, okay? This is not us trying to be deceitful and sin and break a commandment, okay? That's not what we're trying to do here. But um, uh, we're blessed here at the church to have uh, Tom DeCorn as one of our elders. So Tom, I would like you to come up if you would. I sprung this on him last second. He's a good sport. You got to know that about Tom. Tom's a real good sport. And uh, so what we're going to do is we are going to um, to read, uh, uh, Tom's going to read some truths about himself. There'll be three of them. Two of them will be true. One of them will be a lie. Now, the reason we are doing this is, number one, so you get to know this guy. He's pretty cool. Um, and uh, the other reason that we're doing this is, uh, well, you'll find out in a minute. But what we're going to do, so I want you to listen well. Tom's got a pretty good poker face here. He negotiates for a living. Okay? And um, so I want you to say, we're, be thinking of all these, and then we'll vote, and we'll see who, is, you know, who wins this morning and figures out the lie. Okay? So you're trying to figure out what's the two truths and what's the lie. Okay? So you ready? Tom, please go ahead. I wrote this on a passport card. And so the first thing on there is I'm a first-time guest. And I'm like, mm, that's not going to work. So, <laughs> no, we know you. Yeah, we know long enough for that. So, yeah. All right, so the three things. I've been to all 50 states. I've played football in college. I'm 50% Dutch. Oh. Can you read those one more time to us? That was pretty good. I have been to all 50 states. Uh-huh. I've played football in college. I'm 50% Dutch. All right. So if you think the first thing, if you think, uh, let's see, let's see how we do this. Let me, let me read these because I already forgot them all because that's just how I'm rolling today. If you think the lie is that he's been to all 50 states, please raise your hand right now. And don't do this one like we have. Put it up there. We want to see it. Okay. All right. If you, all right, let's put your hands down. Second one. If you think... That he played football in college. You think that's the lie. If you think he played football in college is the lie, raise your hand. All right? And you put them down. If you think that the lie is he's 50% Dutch, raise your hand. All right? Drum roll, please. Lap drum roll. He did not play football in college. Oh. I didn't know you'd been to all 50 states and you're Dutch. That's pretty cool. All right. Thank you, Tom. Everybody give it up for Tom. Thank you, Tom. I'll take that. Right. Yeah, you're good. I got it. Now, now here's the reason we did that. Before, before, because it's fun, number one. And, and when have you ever played Two Truths and Lie at church? That's pretty awesome, right? So um, we're, we wanted to do that. But also, to, today's message, so I want to impress it upon them. We've got kiddos in here. And kids, you got the little the sermon notes. And if you don't have your a kid in here and you don't have the sermon notes page, it's in the back. And I want you to do this. If you fill out the sermon notes page and can draw me a picture and tell me what we're, it's about, I have a fabulous prize for you at the end. Maybe not fabulous, but it is a prize, okay? 
And I want you to get this. So here's, if you want to walk out of church and know you got something today, I want to give you two truths and two resolutions. No lies, okay? That would be bad. Two truths and two resolutions. And it's something you should be resolved to do. And so the first thing, if you're going to, I want you to turn in your Bibles, if you have your copy of God's Word, in 1 Samuel chapter 16. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 1. And if you don't have a copy of God's Word, it'll be on the screen for you in just a second. So 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 1. And here's what, here's what God's Word says. The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you grieve over Saul, since I have rejected him from being king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go, and I will send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite. For I have provided for myself a king among his sons. And Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul hears it, he will kill me. And the Lord said, take a heifer with you and and say, I have to come sacrifice to the Lord. And invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show you what you shall do. And you shall anoint for for him whom I will declare to you. Samuel did what the Lord commanded and came to Bethlehem. The elders of the city came to meet him, trembling, and said, Do you come peaceably? And he said, Peaceably I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. Now, you need a little bit of of background information to get what's happening, okay? I know, I get that, because we went Samuel, Jesse, the Bethlehemite. So here's what happened. The people of Israel had God as their king. It was a theocracy, which means God was in control. But they wanted to be like everybody else. Let me go ahead and give you a warning. Being like everyone else is not a good thing, especially as we're called out people of God. So the people of God wanted to be like everybody else, and they cried to God, give us a king, give us a king. God's like, you don't want a king. King's going to have taxes. King's going to make people go to war. King's going to do all this kind of stuff, but they persisted. We want to be like everybody else, God. Make us like everybody else. And so God gave them over to their desire, and he gave them a king, and the first king was named Saul. And Saul was the king. He'd been anointed. That's what this whole oil business was about. It shows this, the presence of God on him. And so Saul was king. He was anointed king by this anointing of oil. But Saul sinned against the Lord, and he did not care about the Lord's commands. And God took away his spirit from Saul. This is the Old Testament given of the Holy Spirit. It's not like the Holy Spirit we got now. We're indwelt with the Holy Spirit of God. This was a unique blessing of the Holy Spirit that happened before the coming of the Holy Spirit to all believers at the day of Pentecost. And so this is the time God took his hand off of Saul. And he said that he said, God said to Samuel, who is this prophet who anoints kings, to Samuel, I'm going to anoint a new king who is after my heart and seeks me. And that's what we have here is God is sending Samuel to go anoint a new king. And he was worried about Saul, that Saul's going to kill him because Saul wants to keep his kingdom. And so they have this kind of ruse, if you will, but it's not really a ruse. They're going to sacrifice. So they take a, a heifer, okay? That's a fun word. That's a, you use that word sometime today, okay? Some of you who maybe do farming, you use that all the time, all right? So you get the heifer, and the only time I use that is like when I'm like, never mind. Um, so <laughs> pray for me, okay? I just want you to know that. Um, so you grab this... <laughs> That was trickle, man. I'm back. I'm ready. I was ready to be with you people today, all right? And so they, they grabbed this cow, and they were going to sacrifice it to the Lord. 
according to the prescription in, Le- in Leviticus. And so they're walking through, and, and they're, they're going to bring the sacrifices to the Lord, and they use that as a way to get Jesse to come. And so Jesse shows up, and out of Jesse and his household, there's going to come the king. And so here's what happens. Verse 6, okay, of First Samuel 16. When they came... He looked at Eliab and thought, and this is one of Jesse's sons, his oldest son. And you got it this way. Listen, if you're the old, eldest child in a family now, you know, it, it's not as big of a deal as it was back then. Back then you got all the birthrights and you were, you were the chosen one and, and you got more than everybody else in the inheritance. And so the first kid comes up, Eliab, and he looked at him and he thought, this is what Samuel thought. Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. He's the oldest. He's the best looking. He's the guy. And then we got this, this guy who just turns everything on, his ear, on its ear with this, verse 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as a man sees. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And that's what I want us to, to really, that, that verse, I, wanna, I want us to hone in on that. But I want to finish the story off for you. You can go back. Your homework is to read the rest of chapter 16. Here's what happens. All of Jesse's sons come, and it's kind of like, uh, like, you know, like a show, you know, like a beauty pageant. Like, you know, the, the first one comes up, like, not him. Next one comes up, not him. Next one comes up, not him. Next one comes up, not him. And they're run out of kids. And then he's like, oh, I got one more. He's the run of the litter. He's doing what everybody else doesn't want to do. He's watching the sheep. Go get him. And Samuel actually says in the Bible, they stand until David shows up. We don't know how far out he was. He was hanging out with sheep. And he, he rolls up smelling like sheep, and that is not a good smell. And it's like, that's the one anointed him king. And he's different. He's the youngest. He is, he is not the one initially that would have been thought. And so here's what Samuel says in verse 7. And this is really the truth. One of the truths I want to impress upon you this morning is that God looks at people differently than we do. We get that. God looks at people differently than we do. He says it right here in verse 7. I want to make sure you know where I'm getting this from. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So every person, there's two selves, if you, want, if you want to see this. I'm going to prove this to you. That's the first, first truth. God doesn't look like we do. He, do. he doesn't look at people like we do. The second truth is that each person has two selves. Each believer has two selves. Okay? And I'm going to prove that to you in a second because he's talking about God doesn't look on the outward appearance like we do. He looks on the inside. You know that whole you can't judge a book by its cover? How many times do you pick up a book because of the cover? You do it. I do it. Go in Books a Million, okay, in, in Mount Juliet, or a bookstore if they still exist, okay? Um, find one, walk in there, and you are going to be drawn to the book that looks better than the other one. I know this because I have these, a lot of these old books that I buy at places or get at places, and they have the cover is just black. And the only way you can differentiate and know what kind of book it is is if it's on the spine. And so, 
I am initially not drawn to that book. I only go to those books. It doesn't catch my eye. It's when I need that book, and I know where it is. That's when I go for it. You think about children's books. I'm in the thing. Now, my son and my wife run to children's books because she's a teacher, okay? She's not, she, she, has, she can read and everything. I don't want you to know that. Um, she teaches kids how to read, but she likes children's books. And you know what, you know what books children go to first? It's the cover. Think about it this way. Have you ever been in a restaurant and somebody walks in and they're looking, they're looking weird. Or better yet, if you run to Walmart, if you want to feel better about yourself, just go to Walmart, right? <laughs> okay, <laughs> oh, I got it together. Look what you're doing. You're looking at the outward appearance. Maybe that person who showed up in the flip-flops and the juicy on the butt pants has it together. Maybe. You're judging. God doesn't look on the outside. He looks on, like, on the inside. That's why I get this all the time. I don't like to tell people I'm a pastor, not because I'm ashamed of it, because immediately when they know I'm a pastor, it's always like, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I helped a lady across the street the other day. And I'm like, awesome, okay? We're all dead in our sins, though, okay? Um, you need Jesus, so do I. That, that's, and another thing is when a lot of times people go, you're a pastor? And I'm like, yeah, I know. It's weird, right? <laughs> I can't believe it either. Um, and... And one of the things, because a lot of times you associate certain things safe. You, certain, you associate certain things with pastors. The big Bible, maybe the suit, maybe like some of the collar, whatever. And you think about it because holiness is not an outward thing. It's an inward thing. And it should be displayed by our actions. But you can't look at somebody and judge. God, in this particular situation, he doesn't judge by the outward appearance. He judges by the heart. So God judges differently than we do. Second thing is this. We have two selves. There's the outer self and the inward self. That is what this shows. He says that there's the outward appearance that, that we judge by. Okay, and, and, right, and, and part of it rightfully so, and I'll tell you why. Um, because we can only see the outside. We can't see the heart. And even if you do an x-ray, if you're an MRI technician or x-ray, you still can't see the heart and the soul and the seat of the emotions. You can't see that. But God can. And so he talks about there's two selves. There's the outward self and there's an inward self. There's, the, there's these two things. And God doesn't judge by the same standards we do. He looks at the heart and he judges by the heart. And then I want you to know this. Each, believer, each person has two selves. You have this outward self and you have this inward self. And the believer, it's different than, than if you're an unbeliever, you have an outward self and you have an inward self. But here's the thing about it. The outward self, you're living. But the inward self, you're dead spiritually. Now, a believer in Jesus who's passed from death to life by faith in Jesus, we have two selves, too. We have an outward self that's wasting away, the Bible said. I'm going to read this to you in a minute. And we have an inward self that's being renewed day by day. You want to know where that is? Turn to, if you got a, if, it'll be on the screen for you. You don't have to turn there. But if you have a copy of God's Word, you can, if you want, I guess, if you want to. 2 Corinthians 4.16, Paul, he's writing about the fact that we have the gospel in our fragile bodies. And here's what he says. So we don't lose heart. We do not give up. This is 2 Corinthians 4.16. So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. So here's the hope for the Christian. We have an outer self that's fading away and or it's passing away. You know that to be true if you are over 30, okay? 
Went to Passion Conference with a bunch of 18 to 25-year-olds. If you don't know what Passion is, it's a worship gathering of kids 18 to 25. I went, you know I'm not 25, okay? Uh, and so we showed up. We were the adults that got to go along to chaperone, okay? Um, and so me and Mitch and Brett got to go along with some students from here, and we showed up. And I'll tell you one thing. I used to be able to ride in the car for hours on end without stopping. And then I got out. I'd jump up and feel fine. But I, when I got to the venue and everything, I got out of the car. I'm like, my legs don't work anymore. <laughs> and you're just like doing this, trying to get them to like blood to flow. And you just know outwardly you're wasting away. We are going towards death. There's entropy in practice. We are fading away. Things are breaking down molecularly. And so... We know that to be true, that outwardly we're wasting away, but here's the truth for the Christian, for those who are in Christ. We don't give up, even though outwardly we're wasting away, whether it's by disease or just age or just the process of time, an entropy or an injury. But here's the good news. Our inner self is being renewed day by day. So here's your two truths, so you got them. The first one is God looks at people differently than we do. He doesn't judge a book by its cover. He looks at the heart. Secondly, he, we know this, this truth. Each believer has two selves. One, the outer self that's wasting away that people can see. And the other self, which is the inner self, which is being renewed day by day through the Spirit and the Word of God. And so that, those two truths we need to get. And then there's a, there's a, so what? Okay, I got that. I know God looks at the heart, doesn't look at the outside. I know that, that we have two selves. We have this outer self and this inward self. And I want to give you two resolutions, not a lie, but two resolutions in light of those two truths. So you can take home in this 29. I'm not calling you to a resolution you're going to give up on. I'm calling you to a fight for your own soul, for your inward man. Because most of our resolutions come and go pretty quickly. But when it's rooted into who God is, he can help us. And so I want us to be resolved to do two things. First one is this. Be resolved, in light of all that, to be less concerned with your outer self. So the first part of this is, the first resolution is to be less concerned with your outer self. Why? Because the outer self is fading away. The inward self is being renewed. We are only here for a moment. We are a vapor. And we will soon be gone, but our inner man and our spiritual life matter so much. But we have a tendency, because we can't, we can't see like God sees, to focus on the outer thing. And I want to give you a few things. These are really practical things to help you, help you get away from focusing so much on your outer self. First off, I want you to think about this. If, you're, if you struggle with your outer self and glorifying that, I want, you, I want to encourage you to use social media less. Okay? Because social media is fine and good, and there's a lot of things you can do on it. But you know what else it does? It depresses a lot of people. And it causes us to want what we don't have and to fear that we're missing out on stuff. Let me give you some examples. Pinterest. Not hating. I use Pinterest. I'll never friend you on Pinterest because I don't want anybody to know I'm on Pinterest because I'm doing youth group games, and I just don't feel like that's something you would need me. You know, I'm not pinning any decorations, okay, or, you know what I'm saying, uh, uh, or crafts. Maybe I'm not. Maybe that's why I won't friend you, okay? I got a whole crafts thing. But Pinterest, how many of you ladies or even gentlemen have experienced guilt 
because you don't make lunch for your kids like the Pinterest moms. My kid is going to school with an octopus hot dog, and if I don't do that, then I have failed as a human being. Or, you, th- you ever done this before? I, Amy and I, when we, when people used to, go, and this, this is fighting, this is fighting how she was brought up. Okay, when people come over to your house, what do you do? You clean that thing. You're running around like a, like they're coming. Okay, you're throwing stuff in the closet. And when we come over, we're, just want, we're like, we've got a candle lit, and we're not sweating, and, and everybody, like, we've like, people are coming. We've got to make sure it looks like we've never lived here before. And so you're just going through the house, and you're running like, like a tornado. And, and what I, we started doing is because we realized that it creates anxiety to people when they come over, and you're like, oh, your house is so clean. I was like, yeah, it, today, because we were yelling at each other five minutes ago. Vacuum the floor. It doesn't need to be vacuumed. Vacuum it. I care. Okay. It, I mean, you're just screaming at each other, and you're like, "We can't. We got to look like we got it together." And what we started doing is stopping that a little bit. We still clean it because we we can be nasty. Okay, so we we clean it now, like just a little bit. So when people come over our house for something, they're not like going. They've told it. People have said this to us several times. Like, I'm. Thank you for leaving that out. You're like, you're welcome. Okay. <laughs> because now they can see that they, there's not something that you have to strive for. Then why are we doing it? It's there's a, there's a certain amount of cleanliness that is good, right? Okay. But part of it was trying to be like, even whether you realize it or not, is trying to to put a outward display of something that you're really not. And God doesn't judge by the outward. He looks at the heart. And so I want to encourage us to not fall into the bedwag. And, and so and on social media, we put our best life on there. And that's usually not true. Like, I, I know people, I've seen them post stuff. I have family members who post stuff like, we had the greatest family gathering ever. And then at the family gathering, they weren't involved with it because they were scrolling through Facebook or Twitter or that. And they roll up in the place and then you leave and you thought, oh my gosh. We had the best party ever. And the picture's taken from the right angle at this right thing. And, and everybody would think, oh, my gosh, look at their Christmas. That's out of Pinterest, okay? They had a Pinterest Christmas. And it's so not true. And you just want to scream inwardly. You're like, that was not how it happened. We had a good time. But I got that one guy in the family that I want to hit with a canoe oar. Because that's adjacent. And you got the you got the one you got the person that's always passive aggressive. It's always like this is nice, but not like last year. And you're like, tell me what you mean. Be aggressive, not passive aggressive. And before long, you know, you're focused on outer self. Social media and what we put out there is usually not true. Well, one one artist said, I, I, "I one day I hope to be as happy as I appear to be on on Instagram." And I I. I'm calling us because our outer self is wasting away and because God cares more about your heart than how you look on the outside. Calling us to think about our outer selves less. And so that might be some practical examples of moving away from social media. It might be that, that you buy less stuff. And, and I know you're like, hypocrite, okay? Sneaker guy, okay? I know, I feel you. I didn't tell you I had it together, 
I'm just telling you that there are ways that when you focus on stuff, you can miss what life's about. And you can also become enamored with the blessings and not the one who blesses. And God cares about, he, why did he choose David as king? Because he had a heart after God. Now he screwed up and he messed up, but he had a heart after God. In Psalm 27, he says, seek my face. God says to him, seek my face. And David says, your face, Lord, I will seek. And so he's not seeking stuff. And so you might need to make a re- me resolve to buy less stuff. And the reason you might buy stuff is so people would think, oh, look at them. They have the stuff. Even it can go the opposite way because when I buy stuff, I always buy it on discounts. And people ask me about it. I'm like, got that on sale. And it's just a way, it's just another way to focus on something that, it, it, stuff's not wrong. But worshiping stuff and being enamored with stuff over the inward man, over this, over your spiritual life is, is, is deadly. It can be deadly to us. So maybe buy less stuff. Maybe this. This is the time of year where you have gorged yourself at Christmas. Maybe I'm just projecting. I've gorged myself at Christmas and now you're like, oh buddy, it's time to get back in the right size pants, okay? And maybe your weight loss goals have to do with being, fitting a certain look, with glorifying yourself. Maybe not, not about health and glorifying God with your body. And it's about all those other things. And so maybe it's a real idol in your life. And I'm encouraging you to do that. It's good. We, sh- we should take care of our body because our outer self is wasting away. Don't help it by doing Mountain Dew and Cheetos every day, okay? Don't help it. But those are things that can really take us. And listen, I know that's a short list, but there's a million different things because our hearts are idol factories, that can lead us away from focusing on an inward spiritual life and seeking Jesus and having a heart after God. And I want us to do that. So we, God looks at people differently. We, we believers, we have two selves. We have the outer self and the inward self. And our outer self is dying. Our inward self is being renewed day by day. So be resolved to look less, to be concerned less with your outer self and to be concerned more with your inner self. Now, there, there, this could go way off the track. Because we have been so infested and Eastern, Eastern um, religion has become so, such a part of our country. I am not telling you that you need to go do goat yoga and meditate with the home and all that type of stuff. No, here's, here's the thing. When the Bible talks about meditation, it's not about clearing your mind. It's about filling your mind with the things of God. Because Eastern meditation is about nothingness. Biblical meditation, Christian meditation, is about filling your life, filling your mind with God and his word. And David would do this. He talks about it in the Psalms. On my bed, I meditate on your word day and night. Psalm 119, which either he wrote or it it was possible that he wrote it. It's all about the word of God and, and thinking about the word of God. It's several hundred verses about God's word and filling your life with that. And so how do you focus on the inward inner man? You don't do it by navel gazing and thinking about your life all the time because you will become Eeyore if you do that. You know who Eeyore is from Winnie the Pooh? Anybody got Eeyore? And if you're, if you're an Eeyore person, you will not have joy in your life. You're only going to see your sin. Because listen, if you really take a hard look at yourself and you're really honest with yourself, you ever seen that picture of yourself and you're like, oh man, I look like that? 
if you start really navel-gazing, looking at your inward self like that, you're going to find some things you really don't like. And the Bible does talk about search me and try me, God. What I'm getting at is this. You need to fill your life with his word, and you need to you fill yourself with hope in his promises. That's how you focus on inward self. It's not focusing on listing all the things you've done wrong, because the list is, is really big. But it's to focus on his grace and to focus on the gospel, the good news of Jesus. That's how, you, it, that's how you grow in the inward man. is not by focusing on your inward man, but by focusing on Christ and his word and prayer. We were at the dinner table, and we have a couple of members of our family that don't know Jesus. Well, they, they're acquainted with the scriptures, but they don't know Jesus. And we got to talking about prayer. And there's this, this passage in there. And inevitably, I'm the pastor at the table, so we started talking about this passage Jesus has, and they look at me, and they said, what do you think about that? And I said, well, let me tell you what Jesus said. Jesus, when he's talking about prayer, he said, don't pray, this is in the Sermon on the Mount, he said, don't pray like the hypocrites who like to be seen with their prayers, who go out there and they say all these eloquent prayers, oh God, thank you that I'm not like this person, oh God, thank you that I'm holy, oh God, thank you that I tithe, all this stuff. He says, those people who go in the marketplace and they pray out loud, they have their reward, which people just go, look at that guy. Super spiritual, praying like that. The outer self, right? But what does Jesus tell them to do? Go into your closet, which is a little bit strange. Get alone. Pray to your Father in heaven in secret, and he will hear you. They have their reward, which is the praise and renown of people. And you have the reward that God hears you. And you draw near to him. So the resolutions, because of the, we have these two selves, and because God doesn't, he doesn't look at the outside, he looks at the inside. And because our outer self is wasting away, but our inner self is being renewed. In this new year, we should be resolved to look at ourself less on the outside to, to try to feed our outer man less and to feed our inward man, our inward self more. And we do that in prayer. We do that in Bible study. We do that in seeking God in the morning or in the evening or wherever. But you, you cut out a time, you carve out a time in your day to make it happen. And I will say this, that may be the most important thing that we as a church can do is we just get, we just get about it. Where we, we carve out parts of our day whether it's the morning or the evening or wherever, we just run to God and his word and prayer, and we say, God, renew me from the inside out. Because, you know, it would be sad if we just looked spiritual here at Journey and we weren't actually spiritual. It would be sad if people were like, man, look at how good they do at this or that, or man, look at this. Look at their food ministry. Look how they care about the poor. If we really don't care and we really aren't being renewed in our inner man and if we didn't have Jesus at the forefront, talked to you guys, confessed it many times that I have a problem with road rage. I don't know if you do too. Nobody can drive. I'm the only one that can drive and I tell them about it, okay? They can't hear it, but it's in the bubble. I've told you that. I'm working on it. Pray for my wife and son. We've made it. You know, just, just think for a minute. Road rage. The, 
the essence of, of what you are, are there and what you're doing there is you, you want control over your life. You want control over that other people. You, you want people to do what you want them to do, and you're not concerned with them or yourself or your inward self. And I want to call you out. I want to call us all out to not focus so much on the outer things, to put those things to death, which means, remember, to follow Jesus, what did he say? If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. And to seek an intimate relationship with Jesus. Now, this will not be easy. And there are a million things that are going to be tearing at you not to do it. You got time. Time is, it seems like it goes by so quick. You got family responsibilities. You have all these different things. But I want you to do this. Unless you plan, you plan to fail. So make. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. You can find a Bible reading plan on version. You can find a Bible reading plan on any number of things. In fact, I'll even post one on the church's Facebook page so you know what to read throughout a year. And there will be some difficult days when you get to Leviticus, I guarantee you, or Numbers. But God has a plan, and all Scripture is profitable. And you go to that, and you seek it, and you seek Him, and you run towards Him, and you start small. And then when you have two weeks where you don't do it, you know what you, don't, you, know what you do? You don't give up and say, well, next year. Really messed up my read the Bible in a year plan, so I'm going to come at 2020 is the year, man. No, what you do is you repent and you come back and you do it then. And that, and that is because you've got you to realize this. The outer self is fading away. The comments, the likes, they're only momentary dopamine responses. But the inward self is being renewed and will go on forever, and he will one day redeem our outer selves where we are now, we, we will be holy and until that day, we seek him. I'm kind of tired of looking holier than I actually am. And maybe you are too. And every year saying, man, I want to grow closer to God, but doing nothing to help do that and to seek him. And here's what the book of James says. This is good news for us. If we draw near to God, he'll draw near to us. We draw near to God. He'll draw near to us. That's amazing news. So if you just say right now, in these moments as we close, if you just say to God, I, I know that my outer self is what I focus on the most, and I want my inward self to be renewed day by day, and I want to seek you and find you. If you just if you confess that to him, that's the first step. If you, if you mean that and you believe that, it, the, Bible, the scriptures are true. If you draw near to God, he will draw near to you in that secret place that you carved out. So I wanna, that's, that's our resolution. Can we be resolved to seek him? Not so much think about our outer selves and how we look, but our inward selves and, and focus on coming to Jesus. Let's pray. Father, you're good to us. We pray and we're thankful that scriptures are true. That if we draw near to you, you draw near to us. So come close, Jesus. Come close, Father. Come, 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 Holy Spirit, three in one. Lead us to truth. Lead us to focus on the inward self, the one that is being renewed day by day. And to crucify that which seeks to glorify ourselves and that which does not, attain, not, does not relate to what is spiritual. Help us, Lord, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.
And uh, we will, actually, you know what? We're going to be dismissed with this. Go this. Go with this, this word as a benediction. So we don't lose heart. We don't give up. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. Go, knowing that truth. God bless you.